In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Immediately after his baptism, Jesus was led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What a comfort it is to us Christians to know that our Lord's temptation came immediately after his baptism. How many times have you been disheartened and discouraged, thinking that something must be wrong in your life because you were facing temptation? In fact, many Christians, after discovering that sinful desires are still lurking in their hearts and minds, begin to think that their baptism itself must not have worked. Something must have gone wrong, as evidenced by the remaining corruption of the flesh. But St. Peter exhorts us, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. The account of our Lord's baptism and his subsequent temptation teaches us that a Christian's life from baptism to the grave, is nothing other than a daily duel and battle with the devil, the world, and the sinful nature. Temptation is not a strange thing. It is to be expected. In fact, it is one of the marks of being a Christian. Baptism makes you an enemy of Satan, and that wicked spirit will waste no time in beginning his assaults. There is a second point that brings us comfort. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. This was not an accident. It wasn't a mistake. It was part of God's saving purpose. Likewise, when you find yourself in a wilderness, don't interpret this as a mark of God's disfavor as though you had taken a wrong turn and now are outside of the will and the plan of God for your life? Immediately after baptism, the Holy Spirit leads us, like our Lord Jesus, into the wilderness. Why? It's part of his redemptive purpose in our lives. If you are in a wilderness, and let's be honest, all of us are, It doesn't mean that God is angry with you. It means that he is with you, leading you, not into temptation, but through temptation into eternal life. Scripture tells us that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. All tribulation, adversity, persecution, sickness, crosses, and sufferings come from God and are laid upon us not as punishment, but to teach us to call upon God in every time of need and to cling to his word in the face of Satan's lying doubts. And how does Satan lie? He said to Jesus, if You are the Son of God. Never mind that God the Father had just said of Jesus, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The devil is up to his old tricks. Did God really say this? And his question might even seem to make sense. Jesus, 
If God truly is your father and has promised to provide for you, then why are you in the wilderness with nothing to eat for 40 days and 40 nights? The devil will ask the same question of you. If God really loves you, then why has he allowed this calamity to befall you? Why are you in a barren wilderness? Why do you not have the things you consider necessary for life? Surely this must mean that God has rejected you. After all, you are a sinner. Baptism might save some people, but not you. The blood of Christ might be enough to cleanse some people, but not you. Jesus shows us how to answer the lies of the devil. It is written, it is written, it is written. God doesn't rule the world through raw power, with force, through the sword. He rules by his word. This is our mighty weapon, no matter how feeble the world considers it to be. It is how we combat the lies of Satan. Apart from the word of God, We have no power against the devil. We can't answer his cunning. We can't resist his temptations. But when his lies are countered with the word of God, Satan is stripped of his deadly armor and must flee. When the devil tells you that your sins are too great, that the wilderness you are traveling through is proof that God has determined to punish you, that forgiveness must be for others, but not for you. Resist him with the word of God, and he will flee. The devil says to you, just as he said to Jesus, if you truly were God's son, if he truly loved you, none of these things would be happening to you. Surely God has abandoned you. Follow our Lord's example and answer him, It is written, God the Father has bound himself to me in holy baptism. His triune name marks my forehead and was etched upon the doorposts of my heart. God has promised that he will never leave or forsake me and his word cannot be broken. And these trials and sufferings that I am currently facing are further proof of his love. For the scriptures say, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Jesus answered every temptation of the devil with the word of God, teaching us how to live and fight in this wilderness of sin. But he did far more then give us an example. He did for us what we did not and could not do, though he was tempted in every point, just as we are. Jesus alone was without sin. His victory over Satan didn't just happen at the cross. On the cross, he bears our sin and pays our penalty, pays our debt, yes, But more is needed to open the door to heaven. Jesus must also do in our place all that God commanded us to do. 
He must do differently than Adam and all his descendants. Instead of disobeying God, as we have done, Jesus must obey him. Instead of giving in to Satan's temptations, as we do again and again, Jesus must withstand them. Instead of being seduced away from relying on the word of God, as much of the so-called church has done today, Jesus must take his stand upon God's word. He must do what we and our father Adam did not do. The Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why? So that just as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many would become righteous. When Adam, the first representative of the human race, fell into sin, we all fell with him. But in the same way, when Christ, the second Adam, overcame temptation by the word of God, we all were made righteous by his perfect obedience. It is because of what the Son of God has done for us in the wilderness throughout the years of his life on earth and upon his cross that we who have been baptized into Christ can also lay claim to the title sons of God. No matter how Satan tries to spin the circumstance that you find yourself in, this word of God spoken to Jesus at his baptism also applies to you who have been baptized. You are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And the trials and temptations you encounter as you walk through this wilderness between baptism and heaven are proof both of the devil's malice against the children of God, which means that you are God's child, and also proof of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Even as the devil rages, God frustrates his wicked designs and uses them to strengthen our faith in Jesus. God teaches us to rely on the victory of his son as our own, trusting not in our good works for salvation, but in those of Christ alone. And following his example, we say to the devil's temptations, it is written, you are. God's beloved child, and what his word says about you settles it. And that same word in our mouths drives the devil away. In the name of Jesus, amen.